Welcome to Shardcast, the Brandon Sanderson podcast. We're a bunch of mega fans giving you the news, discussion, and of course, a whole lot of opinions about Brandon's works and the Cosmere. I'm Eric, and joining me is Ian. Hey, I'm your writer. Also, uh, oh, and Ian's background might uh, flash, so epilepsy warning, I guess. I don't know. Uh, the, the lighting's weird. The, today's I don't going great. understand why. Webcams are weird. Look, look Ian. Brandon spent like an entire Stormlight book trying to have somebody figure out lights. It's okay for you to not understand. <laughs> that alert. light is easy to understand. <laughs> this light, not so much. Webcams are just like, yo, I'm just going to do this now. And you're just going to have to deal with that. Also joining us is Evgeny. How's it going? Hi, I'm Argent, and I also don't have boring intros like Ian. And I also don't have exciting lights like Ian. And also, apparently, in the inside of the fortress, lasting integrity is Marvin. Uh, how how's how how goes it? Hello, I'm Pedro, and uh, it looks pretty cool here. Actually, <laughs> you're having so much fun with 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 yeah. that. <laughs> so this is yeah. going to stay for the whole video. No, no, no. Just joking. Yeah, I'm Pedro. And- Oh, wow. Ooh, I fell. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, acting. Acting, everyone. This is this is the this is the content and production value you want. And I am chaos. And what we're gonna do is not... interrupt the segue. Ah. <laughs> ah, see, this is why we gotta do show and tell during the intro. Okay, yeah. No, I agree. We yeah. we tried something new, we tested it. Yeah. We're we're no longer trying new things. So uh, for our drink of choice today, uh-huh. we have a cocktail in a can. Uh-huh. Uh, it is a whiskey sour with cherry bergamot? Ber- bergamot. Bergamot. Okay. I-, I have no idea what that is or how it tastes like, but I imagine I've tasted it so far. Uh, so that's fine. And literally just for- a word i know is a word i don't <laughs> know anything else about it uh for our actual item show and tell we have oh, the nice. stormlight the stormlight oh, yeah 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 that came with uh with the way of kings leather bound yeah on our unboxing we showed off all the face cards and they are excellent like they're they're really nice cards mm-hmm. yeah yep. um then playable too. So I'm not gonna obviously go through all of them, but like there's there's Jello as a Joker, and and he looks amazing, and um this veil also looks mm-hmm. amazing. Oh, those aren't even the Jokers; those are just extra cards. Oh yeah, oh they, that's 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 a that's a special card. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But I like how Yasna is a king in the playing cards. Like mm-hmm. that's that's it's really great. As she yeah. should be. Yeah, she should be indeed. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, uh, that makes so, sense. I don't have a URL or a username off the top of my head, but the artist who did these has, I want to say, a Redbubble account. Mm. Uh, but, it's, but it's one of those, you know, sell prints type of, type of things. And you can buy pretty much any one of these illustrations, except for, like, I think maybe Jello and a couple of others. Uh, but you can buy those as, as prints in different sizes, and maybe there are stickers, I'm not sure. So, um, nice. if you like the art, that's a that's an amazing way to get at least some of them fairly cheaply. Like I imagine you can get a print for like ten bucks or whatever. That, yeah, that, that's totally reasonable. And they're so worth it. They're they're 
they're really nice. Uh, you, you can check out our, our unboxing where we go through all the face cards. They, they're nice. But today, what we're going to talk about is, I guess we're doing quarter two words of Brandon. We did Q1. <laughs> now it's Q2. And there have been a few events. So there was a Cosmere ES interview. Our friends over on the Spanish fan site, they, they got Brandon and got a few excellent words of Brandon there. So always good to plug them. If you're a Spanish speaker, go check those out. We'll talk about those wobs. There was another spoiler stream, so we got to talk about that. And then there was a Dusty Wheel interview where we were not going to talk about the Wheel of Time ones, but the Cosmere <laughs> ones we, we will talk about. So that's that's what we will do. So I think we'll start with the Cosmere ES one. And note, these are going to be paraphrased a lot. Uh, and... So that that's okay. But th there are some very exciting words of Brandon in in this episode. So we're going to have avatars, cell cognitive realm. Stay tuned. As usual. Uh-huh. Spoiler warning. Oh, yes. All, Cos all Cosmere, including yeah. oh, yeah. War and Don't yeah, Shard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, most likely not Cytoverse. And yeah, I don't think we included anything yeah. on that. Uh, I, I only included one WAB, which is about the POV of, what, of one of the novellas. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Oh, that's not spoiler, that's I don't think. No. Yeah. No. Cool. So. All right. So Cosmere ES uh, interview. Uh, Brandon said, you will get done with Wax and Wayne 4. You will know who Trail is. You will know what Trellium is. You will know what's been happening there. But it's not going to give you definitive Cosmere-wide large-scale changes. It is more going to be setting up and building for the big things that are coming next. So don't put too much pressure on the poor little Wax and Wayne series. They really are about Wax, Wayne, Steris, and Marasi, and kind of uncovering this stuff. Uh, you could consider it the build-up and prologue to the second large era of the Cosmere, if that makes sense. Which the second era of the Cosmere is basically going to be third era Mistborn, second era Stormlight. Nice! We're entering phase two of the Cosmere. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, I would I would kind of argue that it's it's almost like a phase three. Well, so like Yeah. So we have kind of the early books, which are yeah. Elantris, Warbreaker, Era One to an extent, which are very standalone-y. Um, any kind of crossovers are extremely Easter egg level, maybe yeah. one per book type of thing, and it's usually Hoid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the era we are currently in is the one where there are still mostly Easter eggy kind of crossovers, but they are a lot more rewarding to the reader who is versed in the wider Cosmian knowledge. And then Era 3 is going to be that on steroids, Era 3, but also Era 3, right? And then phase three and era three. I think phases are is the best. Yeah. And then and then phase four is gonna be, you know, the full the the end games and the infinity wars, the full crossovers of of all the where, where Brandon will just stop caring and be like, Well, you better read the other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, there's there's one wob in all of this, I think, where he's like, uh, well, in Mistborn Era 4, if you haven't read the other books, tough luck. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, so that's very much like Infinity War Endgame. It's like, look, if you haven't seen the this long sequence, 
tough crap. We're not, we're not, we're not catering to you at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, all right. Uh, I'm very excited to know uh, Trell and Trellium and what's happening there. That that's probably the main thing I want in addition to closure for the characters. You know, because uh, Era Two is kind of you know more of a side story in rather than what is now era three which was originally his second mistborn trilogy so i imagine that that's gonna have some stuff happen because you know just just a little bit happened in era one so mm-hmm. era three is probably gonna be pretty crazy yeah i don't think it was in this one but there's a separate wob where he's like era two is very character focused era three is actually like proper big cosmere mm-hmm. more like era one yeah yeah yeah, exactly. Probably with um, more crossovers, though. Honestly, yeah, yeah, probably. yeah. It's 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 back to like being an epic fantasy rather than like the pulp fantasy of Era yeah. Two. Yeah, and I really like thinking of Era Two as as the prologue to the second phase mm. of the Cosmere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Speaking of other Wax and Wayne Four news, uh, later in the Dusty Wheel interview, he did say there are confirmed Steris POVs, and I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. And so Brandon was just like, "I can confirm that because I've written them." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, very exciting, very exciting." Oh, that that reminds me, we are actually probably going to get a Wax and Wayne Four reading at JordanCon. Whoa. That is a very high oh, likelihood. How did I not yeah. how did I not like think about that? Like, oh, <laughs> no, that's exciting. He, he, did, he did mention that at some point mm. in, in the Dusty Wheel interview. Oh, nice, nice, nice. because uh, they were talking about how like Matt from the Dusty Wheel and Brandon are both gonna be at Jordan Con and yep. Matt was asking him about his plans on what to do at Jordan Con, but he's like, Well, I'll just do my usual thing where I get two hours and I, I do a reading, I do a QA, I chat with people, and so the reading is probably gonna be from the lost metal. Oh, new Cosmia readings. Oh, so exciting. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. And maybe one more point uh, regarding the Cosmia awareness. There also has been a warp um that it will uh Wax and Rain 4 on Lost Metal will be more on the level of the more recent books or it will have some overt stuff like Rhythm of War probably, but it's not going to be like secret history level stuff where mm. we are going to get, as he says here, like really cosmic stuff. My, my mom was very confused about secret history. She's like, I read it. And I'm like, I don't really know what's happening at all. It's like, okay, that's, yeah. that's fine. Fair. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. Well, well, crap. I didn't, I didn't go into what mode. So let's fix that. But uh, at least at least I realize now and not uh, an hour and a half from now. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. never happened. Nope. Nope. It does make the production a lot easier on the videos, though. A lot easier. But that's OK. Uh, so this next question, like, touched on how the plan is for the next novella between Rhythm of War and Book 5 is Horn Eater and will be at the next Leatherbound Kickstarter. But ask Brennan about plans for a novella, novella between uh, Way of Kings and Words of Radiance, which at some point was going to be Lopin. Um, I still might do the thing I've always wanted to do if I do the novella between one and two. I might still do the Lopin mini story about him being king because he jokes about that all the time. He also mentions that now that he's given Lopin an arc in Don Shard, he doesn't know if he wants to do lopin as that um also like that's not between one and two the time where he was a king 
No, it, it's not. It's, it's no, just it's not. not. <laughs> like it's not. Yeah. And so now that I know it's not Lupin, I'm kind of searching through and being like, okay, who is this going to be? Very high on the list of options is Teft, but he needs to look to see if he, there's anything he could actually add to that arc. Now that Teft is dead, we know how his arc ends. And his arc yeah. is good. You don't really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Oathbringer to Rhythm of War was such a nice transition of Tef's arc that I don't think you necessarily want a thing one or two. I don't know. And I yeah, feel and like it, for the members of Bridge 4, in between Way of Kings and Words of Radiance, there's not too much you could even Moash do. Novella! Called it now. Yeah, because yeah. it's I mean, Way of Kings and Words of Radiance do pick up um, like immediately after each other. Yeah. Like, they technically overlap on a single day i think mm-hmm. yeah and he, he mentions not wanting to ruin tef's arc so that might drive me to go further afield to somebody who's much more of a smaller character if that makes sense we'll see what i end up doing Ooh. there are ideas i have but none of them are really popping out to me Ooh. right now rushu uh prologue that would be i would love that i would that, yeah. i feel like because between way of kings and words of radiance since instant mm-hmm. You kind of have to do what uh, Edge Dancer did and be like somewhere totally different, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not one of our main casts. Although a Mosh one could be so, cool, but Rushu, mm. maybe Brent could do something like where we have a new character in Words of Radiance or something, and he just shows a bit of what they were up to during Way of Kings or something like that. Is one option he could maybe That'd do? Cool. Yeah, the the yeah. kind of the history of is the route I was mm-hmm. thinking of, but mm-hmm. in my in my head it was the other way almost it was a character that so the 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 novella would lead up to and maybe parallel with some of the way of king's events oh Uh, so for example just off the top of my head uh we can do like a david story Mm-hmm. So, I have the perfect suggestion. Okay. Yeah. May Aladar. Oh man, if you if you guys don't remember from uh if you're if you're new to the fandom for Rhythm of War, uh th- there was a lot of talk in Oathbringer that like May Aladar just kept appearing in those preview chapters. That that's been mm-hmm. quite a meme. Yeah, I feel like retroactive novellas are quite difficult because then you've already seen where the character arcs go so it's a lot easier to be like okay i'm gonna do a Rissen novella and so i i yeah. have my plan rather than something like tef like you probably could do it and envisager would be a great name for a novella honestly it would. that would be really yeah, no. good but i don't know it, it it could be very dicey you know and so maybe choosing someone else that has not been explored but at the same time, if you're going straight from Way of Kings and reading them all in chronological order, you don't want it to be, like, too weird, you know? You don't want to bounce too far back. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it, it is a bit tricky because that Way of Kings, Words of Radiance transition is just so good when you're just reading through, you know? Huh. How about Terravengian? That, 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 could, that, could, that could be pretty good. So here's, here's my thinking, that could right? be pretty good. My thinking is... The idea with so if if we are exploring this, well, let me let me uh, go back. So the idea is you want to finish reading the Way of Kings, and then you want to find one of the kind of mysteries or cliffhangers or things that you want to know more about 
that Words of Radiance is not going to tell you about. And one of these things is, well, oh my god, Taravangian is actually a villain, uh, or at least an antagonist, or at least somebody with questionable morals. Let's, let's go into his head and just kind of gain a more informed understanding of the things that he's doing and why he's doing, and so on. Sort of like what he's up to during Way of Kings? Is that what you're thinking? Uh, during the Way of Kings and maybe like even during early Words of Radiance. Mm-hmm. The only issue I have with that is that you couldn't do that novella without reve- doing the reveal of like his intelligence changing every day. That was such a and good like, reveal in Words yeah, of Radiance. Is a good and, the, and that interlude's in... so good because of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair. It, 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 it's so hard to choose a thing when you've already written four books. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I was thinking maybe like one of the high princes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, I would be in for a Sabariel novella. Oh, that sounds, oh, that sounds like that. Sabariel is great. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's a tricky one. Let's, maybe let's maybe we get Amaran backstory. Ooh. We re- <laughs> oh. we really need that like a bit before that end of Oathbringers. It's like we need mm. yeah, uh, Stormlight two point seven five right there <laughs> for Amaran. Next question is uh, less serious. And it asks about uh, whether there are cats in Shinovar, because we know there are uh, chicken and other earthly animals. Uh, and Bren says, so there were at least at one point cats in Shinovar. Whether cats are uh, still there or not, you have to wait until book five to discover. Uh, but cats did make the jump. If they exist, they didn't make it past the mountains very far. But you have to see. That's one of the most gentle raffos Brandon's given. It's like, well, you'll, you'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's cool. Uh, it's so hard. F- I, I have Ashen just associated with the lava and the destroyed Ashen that it's hard for me to reconcile. It's like, oh, it's supposed to be an Earth analog. You know, mm-hmm. like that's that's what Ashen's supposed to be. It's so it bizarre. It was an Earth analog. Well, it was, fast tense. It was. Yeah. Cool. Hopefully we don't go destroy our planet, turn it into a lava ball. Let's destroy Roshar, then head back to Ashen. <laughs> Book six. Well. So uh, the next question that Cosmia has had for Bren was about Song of the Dead, which was formerly known as Death by Pizza. Pizza. And Bren said that what that one is still in revision, and we hope, or is hoping, that we'll have it someday. And he also mentioned the Reckoners novellas, um, which he has talked about before, and those are apparently finished and currently being recorded for audio. So it's uh, one of those mainframe things which is right. Brent's audio company that they're doing audio originals first for those and um, they apparently turned out really well and then he also talks about the first uh, Skyward novellas that he has mentioned before and it's um, I'm just going to read it and the first of the Skyward novellas that Chansey wrote is just spectacular I really like it if you guys like the Skyward books it's from F- FM's viewpoint it kind of takes a character that I had done very little with and does a lot more with her I'm really excited for those to come out, have some expansion to some of those worlds and settings and stories. We're working on getting those going. And towards those, he also has, uh, Chancey has finished the second novella. Which Sun is Redon. Uh, the first. Re- right. Oh, Redon. So, so yeah, we, have, we have a few more updates since yeah. that interview. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, this interview so is in April, so it's yeah. been a bit. Mm-hmm. Sunreach 
which is one of the Skyward novellas, is at 100% done on the first draft, so it's waiting on a revision from either Gen Z or Brandon. Mm-hmm. Redawn uh, is also 100% first draft. We have the name of the third one that comes from uh, Jabberwocky's annual rights catalog. Yep. Uh, and it is called Evershore. And we don't really know anything about that one. So we know that mm-hmm. Redawn is the home the name of the home world of uh Alanik. Alanik Alanik. and, Alanik, and yeah. uh her her people. So that's probably gonna deal with that. Mm-hmm. Um we know that Sunreach is FM's, so that's the one that Brandon is talking about mm-hmm. here. Uh but we don't know anything about Evershore. Maybe that's and, a Jorgen one, maybe? Like Jorgen uh Alanik uh FM Alanik Jorgen, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what Evershore means. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's not a word we had. So I, I don't know. Um, I'd I like more Jorgen. From the, it's from somebody from Starside, maybe. Like, oh yeah, that could be really cool. That could be cool. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, Evershore does kind of sound it like it get, definitely gives defending Elysium vibes. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. And uh, the other thing we have is the name of one of the Reckoner's novellas is Lux. Uh, and cool. that's all we know about. Great. <laughs> um, which, I mean, Lux sounds like the name of an epic. So. Yeah, 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 <laughs> right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the, I guess all the names are after epics, so. <laughs> cool. Uh, then we move on to the... Uh, spoiler stream, which was at the beginning of June, uh, and as you might imagine with Brandon's stream, Brandon likes talking, and I like listening to him talk, but we're not going to narrate everything that, uh, that, uh, Brandon says here. But, but, this first one, it it was right at the beginning, uh, I, I think I have to put an image embedded in this video, or maybe just part of that video, because Brandon's reaction to this question is amazing it, it truly is with the discovery of anti-investiture in rhythm of war yes would the correct form of anti-investiture be usable to clear up the mess in the cell cognitive realm if so <laughs> would this completely destroy a splintered shard <laughs> that would not be a good idea why would that not be a good idea this would not clear up the problem the problem that's going on in the cognitive realm is Incel is that a bus- bunch of investiture that should be in the spiritual realm has been packed into the cognitive realm instead through a very weird circumstance of events. If you were to introduce a bunch of anti-investiture of the right type there, you would just generate an explosion that would be a very bad thing. Matter cannot be created or destroyed. Investiture can't be either, so it's actually changing forms. It's going from investiture into energy, which, you know, does not leave the system. <laughs> <laughs> so the investor would make eventually make its way back around. You can't destroy anything in the Cosmere, just like you can't destroy anything in our universe, but you can make it change forms. So what's going on there is just this hope by a certain individual that what has happened there will prevent the power from becoming self-aware. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I have an immediate question to this. Uh-huh, so yes. ob- obviously what's happening here is if, if you were to do that, you, you were going to nuke the... <laughs> Uh, the cellish cognitive realm. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's not nice as it is, so. Yeah. 
uh, one sentence that um, I didn't pay much attention to the first time around uh-huh. because I was too busy laughing at Brandon's expression. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> You're so good. Um, is, is the bit where he says, uh, so the investiture would eventually make its way back around. You can't destroy anything in the Cosmere. So it made me wonder, if you were to do that, let's say you blow up all of the door. Yeah, okay. Would the door's investiture come back to the Selish cognitive realm? Or would it return to the spiritual where it's supposed to belong? That's a very good question. I... That is a good question. I think it would return to the cognitive realm because that's where it left left from and also like all of the magic systems on cell like draw from the door and presumably once that investor expended it returns to the cognitive realm mm-hmm. otherwise oh yeah 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 right it have to Odium yeah, would yeah, have yeah yeah murdered yeah yeah every person on that planet because them doing magic is just slowly draining the door back. Oh, to the yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'd, it'd have to regenerate. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so that if you're a little lost by what we're talking about, the, <laughs> there's this idea like remember in Mistborn, the Well of Ascension regenerates. And so investiture, mm-hmm. it, it eventually comes back. And so that's what Brandon's referring to there. Yeah, I think you're totally right, Ian. Like, I think it would have to go back to the cognitive realm or else that like you could, could just drain all the door out. Uh, into the physical or something and that that i don't think that's time yeah Mm -hmm. so there's probably a way to like re-anchor investiture uh Mm -hmm. so so putting putting all pulling out of all of devotion and dominion into the cognitive realm is not just a matter of you know taking the shards from the spiritual and and dumping them in the cognitive there's probably also a way to say okay this is the default location for that right now the same way point yeah, there there is yeah yeah, yeah 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 waypoint mm-hmm. uh, yeah the same the same way that the investiture that is in the well returns to the well and right. not you know some yeah. nebulous inaccessible location yeah in the yeah, yeah, yeah 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 because mm. if you think about it hmm. on first of the sun the AVR use Patry's investiture theoretically right and like that presumably returns to patchy it doesn't go back to bavadin like it stays yeah. like where it was oh, we'll get to avatars we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to avatars in this i'm so glad ian's here for this um that, that is something that like would be interesting to ask friend like how does like what determines where where investiture where, where the respawn point is set because we also like why exactly is the well of ascension where it is is well, there something so, special about that location or was it just randomly there was a lot there was randomly more investiture there and it just cum- accumulated there well because he's I, talked about like the spiritual humidity and that there's like mm-hmm. points where it like coalesces so i feel like yeah. the well initially was a random place where thing where that power would naturally coalesce uh yeah. and it, it, it's yeah like watersheds but for investiture mm-hmm. based off of geography we can't yeah define yeah but it is just it is just interesting though because perpendicularity like puts all three realms and <laughs> and like presumably that like the allomancy it doesn't flow into the well if, if it goes back into the spiritual realm right like it's mm-hmm. 
only the well's power regenerates and that power regenerates at the well of ascension. It's like, wow, there's there's a lot of mechanics going on here that uh, we yeah. do not know about here. Because because preservation turned the well into the key on the lock. Mm. Oh, yeah, turned, yeah, yeah. That's like, preservation modified his perpendicularity to do mm. extra things. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. Wonder what Odium did to do this. Like, geez, that's. <laughs> I don't know. But... That said, I don't think the explosion would be that bad in the Solish cognitive realm because already you have the infinite plasma that's going to rip you apart. But maybe, <laughs> I mean, clearly people can get out of it somehow, right? Mm-hmm. I I object. Okay, because. <sighs> So I think that the current state of the Selish Cognitive Realm is akin to having a star there. And introducing, I mean, obviously it's not quite as daily as, as like having a literal star, but like, but introducing anti-investiture to blow it up would be akin to blowing up a star. And so yeah, you're okay, you comparing something good. that is extremely deadly versus another thing that is extremely deadly, but the second thing is like blown up huh. out of proportion. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, it, yeah, the plasma storm is just bad weather for the cognitive realm on cell. Um, I'm curious to see how much of an effect that much investiture would have on the physical realm. Of mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. The cognitive realm is not a separate place, really. It's just a different way of review, viewing the same reality. It's a different dimension, yeah. Sort it's, of. Yeah, it's not wholly removed. Yeah. Well, yes, but also there is the thing that the physical realm is the one that dictates the appearance of the cognitive, if not always, then at least for the most part. And I'm reminded of the of the scene from Secret History where Kelsier could pick up objects in the cognitive that are mm-hmm. obviously reflective of objects in the physical, and he could manipulate those objects, he could move mm. them around. Manifest. And, and manifest, yeah, so like the, the little campfire that he carries on a stick. And they don't affect what happens in the physical. Now, if if he had found a way to destroy these things... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that probably... And, and also... Mm-hmm. Uh, in in uh, Stormlight, in Shadesmar, when you manifest mm-hmm. objects in the cognitive, then the, the, the objects in the physical are still fine. Yeah. So, yeah. again, supernova amount of inve- <laughs> It probably of energy, isn't good. And if, different scale of effects. Yeah. I and if it, somebody were to use the door at that moment, like, they Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe you'd just be drawing the supernova so, into the physical. What could go wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. In fact, something a little bit similar happened the first time Rayodan produced the working Aeon, didn't it? Like the way yeah, it was described much, was like I think. the energy was like building up. up in him. Yeah. 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 And so it was Aeon Ihi, I believe. It was the, that was the fire one. Yep. Fire. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Because Aeondor hadn't been used for so long. Pressure had been building because Elantris the city and all of everything going on is like the door got used to it. There being a gateway there. So now it's like, there was a huge dam open a tiny hole in the dam. A lot of stuff came out. I mean, what could go wrong? Just blow up the cognitive realm. And then you have the most powerful <laughs> magic. It's like, I drove 
supernova power. I'm dead, but, you know, I did kill all my enemies right here and maybe the entire planet, but... But honestly, that is such an interesting, like, idea for, like, maybe the end of the Cosmere or whatever. When, when, <laughs> not, 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 not the, like, not the death of the Cosmere, but, like, the ending time period mm-hmm. of the Cosmere saga. Just, hey, let's go and mess up with the Selish Cognitive Realm and see what happens. Or, yeah. or just, just even, like... sacrifice the planet. <laughs> Like, not just putting Aiden Elsium together, but putting him back together and then destroying his <laughs> ass. It's like, that, that's an end of the Cosmere that I didn't quite think was possible. I, it probably isn't possible to get that much Andy investiture for that to really do that. But Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. You, you need an infinite amount of Andy investiture. It's fun to think about, though. Yeah. So this next question, because we've been doing terrible about getting through these. Yes. Um, is from Avery Hicks asking about if there's a canonical reason why Vasher and Vinavena changed their names to Zahel and Azure on Roshar. And Brennan goes in, it's like, touches on, like, oh, names are very important in like fantasy literature. And like, names are tied to identity. This show, like, Vasher has been many different people. But also, there's a lot of groups behind the scenes in the Cosmere that want to control things. And Vasher is kind of famous because he's one of the five scholars. Doesn't really want to be going by a famous name. Yeah. Uh, he has a good point about, um, in Azure's case, Vivenna had been associated with the color blue in Warbreaker. Apparently, I don't really remember that. It's been that. a while for me. I don't, I didn't quite remember a strong connection there but sure there were a lot of colors that's supposed to help you like remember (laughs) i i genuinely don't remember this being a thing put in the comments below whether that specific fact helped you realize that azure was vivenna because uh i don't know about that one but i'm trying to remember whether vivenna's version in Mythwalker had anything to do with blue, but I don't think she did either. Yeah. Either so weird. It's it's like it's like the thing where Brandon was saying. I think it was it was during our interview or your interview with him mm-hmm. that the kind of the the philosophy and the mindset of the ghost bloods was supposed to invoke survivorism in the in the whole like oh yeah, 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 yeah. mentality mm-hmm. and stuff i'm like brandon i don't think anyone caught that but, <laughs> but yeah, yeah this is like subtext that brandon's like digging in real deep of like oh yeah that was supposed like later he's like oh why are there three moons like because i wanted to look like evoke three shards so i wanted to just put some threes in there i'm like oh, okay brandon i mean <laughs> i mean that's that's better than this one i would say yeah. <laughs> cosmere fans are great at picking up a lot of things nobody is perfect sometimes things you think are super obvious people don't pick up yeah. on yeah oh we also get felt but, lore in this yes which i was just and and then you get people like felt who are not famous and just don't care so it's like oh i moved to roshar i'm not important so i'm still going to use my name about those cops. It's like moving. Yeah, it's like I 
it's like moving from Nebraska to Texas. Like nobody really cares. Good to know. We got like some no. felt lore, and he's not a secret agent. All right, cool. <laughs> let's uh, let's move on then. Yep. Our next couple of questions come from Roshara. Well, it's just R- the next question. R- it's one question. Uh, yeah, I mean it's okay. Yeah, but whatever. R- R- Roshara. R- Roshara. Next question comes from Roshara, who who hates people who mispronounce your name. Um, the AVR that we see in Sixth of the Dusk, where all fruit eaters, they all have to eat the fruit that the grubs, that's the power granting grubs, live in. However, Mraze's AVR seem a lot more like a predator than a herbivore. Uh, and Brandon excitedly says, it is! Roshara follows up with, um, did his species become extinct or is it a unique AVR like Sack? Mm, right. Uh, and Brandon says, neither. But yes, it is a carnivore. I will confirm that, which is not confirming much. You guys already knew that. But that is indeed what is going on here. Hmm. And I believe what this is, what this is getting at was a theory that I was not familiar with, which is not shocking because I'm, I'm not exactly up to date on all things. Yeah. Uh, but it's the idea that the reason this AVR is an AVR is because it is consuming oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. other AVR yeah, and the drugs right. that they have consumed. So, Which is a very interesting way of going with that, like the AVR symbiosis. I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. Now humans just need to eat those AVR. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> well, we, we, we know that human biology is not compatible with... Yeah. Oh, with the grubs. That? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. m- like, maybe theoretically there is something that would allow, like, the grubs to, like, go through a few different species and then they they change or they get metabolized or whatever and then they become compatible with humans, but I, I don't think so. Okay. I, I do find it mildly amusing that New York Times bestselling author Brandon Sanderson forgot the word carnivorous. <laughs> Which I feel like <laughs> I learned in early elementary school. I feel like that's a, a relatively Brandon talks good with words and stuff. Yeah, uh, he he's we're, signing we're things. He's he's just going off yeah. the cuff. Like this this is why he has drafts because like first draft I don't care. The carnivoristic yeah. that's what we're doing. We're <laughs> capitalizing things however I feel they should be capitalized. I mean it sounds cool. It does. It does. But so uh, Jack Milson was wondering how many awakening commands uh, there are and whether there is a finite number or a finite but very large number or a potentially an infinite number and whether you can awaken with uh, sign language to which Brandon answered that yes you can awaken with sign language and he would say that there are an infinite number would be his guess at least it's either fi- finite but very very large or infinite but they're gonna fall into groups as uh, things tend to do in the cosmere uh, you would say and for one the sign language one is what we've known this before that basically your native language is generally what you use for your commands so if you use the sign language as a native language sort of you 
get to awake with it. it and... That's just interesting, given like they talk about the tones and the hues, oh, yeah. and given mm. uh, tones. That that is interesting. I yeah, think it is but... interesting in that way. Yeah, that you don't have to verbalize it. Really, yeah. You can you just have to express it somehow, yeah. uh, like probably because it shapes the intent or something like that. Like because you have Great. to put intent, intent command. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get into it. Fantastic. I I disagree bigly with this. Bigly. I don't. I don't. Yes. Um. I don't think the command is going to shape the intent. Oh uh, uh, no! But you need something to put intent behind. This, uh what I meant. Like. Yes, so I, I th this might be a, a very huge tangent that we don't want to get into. Because, we don't, we don't. We have so many wobs to go through. Because intent and six. command, that, that's fine. Um, because intent and command is always a huge tangent, but yeah. You, so you always need intent to do cosmic mm -hmm. magic. You don't always need a command, but I think the command often makes, if not always, makes the kind of external manifestation or expression of the intent easier so like the same way you need to be like i eighth or ninth or, th or tenth heightening or whatever it is to awaken without verbalizing the command you can I, I imagine do that in a lot of other magics where the command helps a lot but it's not mandatory it's not strictly necessary also yeah. Can I just say that a, a great title for a Cosmere textbook in Silverlight is Intent and Command, a huge <laughs> tangent. <laughs> that, that would be an excellent textbook title. Silverlight scholars, get on that. Fan, fan, I was going to say fan artists get on that, but okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And regarding the infinite or like number of commands, I think it makes a lot of sense that there would be an infinite number because it's just words, like a sentences that you can form and you can hypothetically from any sentence you would like it's just like brent said that a lot of them will just do the same thing essentially yeah. and I, was, I was thinking so. so vasher's like fetch keys he could have just mm -hmm. as easily said retrieve keys right i don't think that's i don't think that's true though i don't think that's true because it's like if you look at the patterns like they use very specific like ways of arranging words so it's in that language mm -hmm. in that language yes so what, what i'm trying to get at is brandon's yes you can have uh, an infinite or a virtually infinite number of of commands but they fall within the same groups yeah. or, or they will and so you can have an ostensibly infinite number of expressing the same like fetching retrieving returning grabbing intent mm -hmm. there are keys there i want the keys to be here but the actual command that you use to express that intent is going to depend on how you think of that, what language you use, whether you use a okay. language, I guess. Okay, so you're not saying, like, Vasher in that situation could have used retrieve keys. Correct. In that alternate scenario, somebody with a different Spang different language. Okay. A, di a different Awakener. <clears throat> yeah. Mm hmm Huh. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> we we I, can I talk sense, about this a while. Uh, I sense the cat of worms. Yeah, you could say there equivalence classes of commands and things. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll, we'll shelve no. that. Yeah. Jack Kimball asks, "Could Jean not heal a dead eye by changing them?" Brandon, 
heal? That's going to depend on your definition of heal. But there are definitely some that would call what would occur healing. They would be different from the way they'd been before. Uh, yeah, that that checks out. That checks out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot I, of sense. I do love this. I do love this. Uh, so to me, this reads an implication that Janat can restore dead eyes to some functional state. They will be different from from the well from their dead eyes version and also from the version they were before they became dead eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and so that's that's where the is this healing. Yeah. Uh, They're not the same spread anymore. But really. but I do find it interesting that she can restore them to like a functional state. Yeah. Because we haven't seen anyone be able to do that. Except kind of for Adolin. Yeah. Hmm. And like, I'd be curious if at that point, because presumably they're going to figure out a way to fix the the dead eyes. Yeah. The writing is on the wall. Yeah. What happens if Sianat does this and then they then fix dead eyes on that Mm -hmm. screen? That would probably depend on the specifics of how dead yeah. eyes are properly healed. Um, yeah. And how much body shrubs involved. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot we don't know there. Uh, this next question is from Fly on the Wall, Whoa. who asks, is Hoyd afraid of the beyond? Brendan? Yeah. Let's say yes. Hmm. Oh, makes sense. If you've lived that long, you probably don't want to die. It could be that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, not necessarily like that. He's lived so long because he's afraid of dying. But like, it's like he's really used to being here. Anything new is. I don't know about that. Mm, I, mm, I'm going to stay here. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's like he's terrified of the beyond it's just like it's like mm, i'd rather not yeah I, I i feel like it's just kind of the standard human fear of death type of thing yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 uh, except boy just knows more about the mechanics what's happening behind the scenes. yeah like he's aware of the beyond so he gets to be afraid a little more than everyone else because like yeah. he knows there is something there that you well that the beyond doesn't need to necessarily be something it's just leaving yeah yeah no but but yeah Mm -hmm, yeah Yeah. there's some sort of mechanism where you fundamentally leave the cosmere yeah Yeah, right that's terrifying yeah Mm -hmm. in that case our next question comes from Stuart eliason uh who asks if a if a planet was orbiting a black hole would time be distorted in the cognitive realm in that area in some way and Brandon says yes good question and in fact if you could get enough investiture it will do the same thing yeah uh so so we already knew the investiture part uh he's talked about yeah. that over like the last year but uh it's kind of interesting that the cognitive realm would be warped but like it, it has an interesting relationship with the physical right mm-hmm. yeah it, like it, it like it is like just another way of viewing the same space so like it makes total sense because there's still a black hole there interesting to know whether it would be immediate like let's say a black hole formed there like from one moment to the next would 
you immediately notice in the cognitive realm or would it take some time? Like how Is there a speed of light delay we... in the cognitive realm? <laughs> Dude. Probably, yeah. <laughs> what I what I find interesting is that you have this almost opposite well, would it be opposite? Let me let me work through the physics of this. So the cognitive realm of a given planet. So if black holes affect the space-time in the cognitive realm in the area around them, that implies that any mass is going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. true. Because, yeah. because that's how it works. And so yeah. a planet will warp space-time in its own cognitive realm. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which seems fine. Yeah, it it's it's just interesting because I feel like the people thinking about things probably shape it much more, you know, than like probably, gravitational yeah. effects in a way, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's very interesting would, to think about how that would actually would, look. Would people have to know that there's a black hole there in order for it to <laughs> affect the time in the cognitive? <laughs> No, I don't think so. But it, but it's interesting that you have these kind of uh, not contradicting, but these two different effects that both warp, that both mm-hmm. shape the shape of a given subastral, mm-hmm. right? Uh, yeah. You have the actual purely physical objective. This is how the universe works in the physical realm, or this is how the universe looks in the physical realm. And you have the more subjective, abstract, this is how people think of uh, the physical realm around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not conscious thought that affects this the cognitive realm. It's the like perception, perception, just yeah, like right. the unconscious. This is how like reality is that has an impact. Yeah. So if you're, yeah. I was just like thinking, it's like, ah, well, if you perceive that a black yeah. hole's warping that, like, uh, that will probably just like add on to the effect. Yeah, further, probably. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but I want to get back to whether it would be instantaneous, and that question reminded me of a, another question where somebody asked what would happen in the cognitive realm if, let's say, there's an island in the middle of the ocean and there are people on the island. And therefore, the island has a reflection in the cognitive realm, and then the people die. And so nobody else knows about this Mm -hmm. island, what would happen in the cognitive. And I believe Brandon's answer was that the surrounding area in the cognitive would just essentially creep over, like devour, Mm -hmm. like the island would diminish and shrink and disappear over time. It wouldn't be instantaneous. Well, right, because... Probably like the sand and the trees, they, it knows that it is an island as well, right? Think, things like that. So it would probably need to be a slow process. Yeah. And, and in reverse, Brennan has said, like, once space travel becomes more of a thing, like, once people start studying the other mm. planets in the Vosharan system, it's like those are going to start being reflected more so than they are currently. Yeah. And that's just going to stretch things. But wow. Luckily, most yes. of space is empty, so mm-hmm. it's not gonna 
expand distances between planets. I I, I can't Too wait. Too much. I can't wait. We we found a way to make general relativity more complicated. <laughs> well, it's like wow, fun. If you are a physicist, uh we're sorry. I don't know. Call me or something. Uh, because <laughs> I, I don't know added, what's going on here. And then you add that the cognitive frame is apparently just a plane rather than like 3D space. Oh, in a way. Yeah, yeah. How does gravity so even work just, in something like that? Like, yeah. uh, well, what if we just sweep this under the rug and say it's <laughs> yep, magic and, then, and stuff? It can. And then, then we have places like lasting integrity where gravity is like, whatever yeah that's some weird perception mumbo jumbo right there mm -hmm. wow huh yep well neat <laughs> okay the next question is also from Stuart eliason and he wanted to know whether the strange reflective properties of invested light um are related to the backwards shadows in the cognitive realm and like as axis the collector has in the physical realm even to which friend said yes so so First thing, and I know this happened later where Brandon said, you have to be careful with asking things like questions that are related mm. to because yep. the answer is usually yes. Yes. They're both in the Cosmere. Yes, they're related. Yeah, but, <laughs> but the... I, I don't know if there's that much to dig into uh, mm -hmm. with that because that could it could be a tenuous connection. But if Brandon's just like, yes, that is kind so, of interesting. In in the interest of just being all on the same page and informed about what this is asking, yeah, right? When Navani is experimenting with light, with different types of light in Rhythm of War, one of the experiments she does is the famous prism experiment, where uh, if you if you shine light through a prism, it splits into a rainbow. We've all seen, if not done the experiment, we've seen what that looks like. And so the magical lights of Rushar, stormlight, void light power light, life light, um, do the same thing, except their rainbows don't look like ours. So Stormlight, for example, splits into a rainbow with a wider blue, blue band, band yeah. and life light splits into a rainbow with a wider green band and void light splits into one with a massive purple band <laughs> that dwarfs all others, which is the, the Stormlight and life light are not described as massive bands. So there's something interesting going on there. Um, oh, that is true, the, yeah. The hybrid lights, I'll get back to that one because there's an interesting thought on that, Eric. Okay. Um, the hybrid lights split into rainbows where, uh, let's say, so tower light has the blue and the green being bigger. Than, no, I oh, think no, no, it no, no, splits no. into two separate. It, it splits yeah. into two rainbows, yes, yeah, correct. Right, 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 right. One, one that is essentially the stormlight rainbow and one that is the lifelight Yeah, because the illumination splits into its individual yeah. lights. <laughs> Which, yeah. if you haven't done physics, like that is not how light works <laughs> no. in our universe at all. None of none magic. Of this, none it's of this magic. is possible. You can't, you can't make a beam of light, regardless of what color it is, split into something that has a wider band of something. Spiritual mumbo jumbo. Yeah, that, that is, or, or cognitive mumbo jumbo, who knows, but probably spiritual. I mean, if, why Investiture not? Investiture mumbo jumbo. Why, why, don't, why don't we have, why not both? Um, and so before I go back to the, to the question, so I don't forget, Eric, uh, the, the thing with Void Light having a, a massive purple band, mm -hmm. um, somebody explained that, and I don't know if there's like going to be a romantic reason for it, but 
I find it interesting that the kind of thematic reason for it could be, well, Odium is the void that consumes all else. And so the, the purple is, is consuming the other lights, essentially. Wow, there's so much hmm. going on here. I don't know if we're ever going to get answers to these <laughs> things. I mean, yeah. I, I do think we will eventually get something for why there's backwards shadows and stuff yeah. like yeah. that. That's something. I don't know what that something is, but yeah. uh, it's something there. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so if, if, if Stuart, if you are a listener of the podcast, um, I at least would be interested in knowing why you thought there might be a connection between these things, because I can't see one. Yeah. But I'm interested. Right. So. Yeah. Cause I'm. It's cause it's. What is related to. <laughs> yeah. um, it's supposed to do with this light. Yeah. Well, the, the, this sounds like somebody who has a theory, right? Yeah. There. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Post yeah. your theory below, Stuart. <laughs> um, pro tip. If you're asking Brandon questions like this. Add the words in any meaningful way. <laughs> that's that's true. That, that is that is yes. Uh or be more targeted. Like if you do have a theory, maybe work yep. it in somehow. Mm -hmm. Uh cool. So Colby Bradshaw asks, could a spren bond another spren? And Brandon says, theoretically possible. Probably not a direction I'm ever going to go in the books for inception slash recursive sort of weirdness reasons, but theoretically possible. Mm -hmm. I can see Which that. Which is interesting because mm -hmm. separate a while ago, he was asked if a friend could pick up a shard. And Brandon said, that's not really how it works. It's that's like, can an electrical charge gain an electrical charge? Which, no, it's so yeah. the fact that Spren could bond other Spren is interesting. All you need is mm -hmm. Ishar to pull you into the physical realm, yeah. and then there you go, <laughs> problem solved. <laughs> and with and together with that Spren bond, then you can survive in the physical or something. Because yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> really, there would be no of... benefit. Mm -hmm. I mean. You you would theoretically gain the powers of another, you know, like gain access to to surges that are traditionally coming from a different it, type of sprint. But it does get weird because like, it, it, what does it do anything for the radiant of that bonded? <laughs> if assuming the sprint radiant. is already bonded, yeah, that right now if, if it's a, ra a radiant sprint that's bonded to a. a a spren, and if that spren were to bond another spren, does it have any effect on that first bond, for instance? So, like, I, yeah, that that's it's it does get weird. That's, that's probably, probably the recursive sort of weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because it's like by default, like if it's just two spren bonding each other, it's like spren bond physical realm people to get closer to the physical mm -hmm. realm. Bonding another cognitive realm being doesn't do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ha. Huh, neat. <laughs> Let's so, move on. This next question uh, from Nick Mancuso dovetails quite nicely into a conversation we were having earlier. Mm -hmm. Do world, take, world hoppers take time to adjust to the different gravity of a new world? How about in the cognitive realm? And ultimately, it depends on how fast you're getting from point A to point B. 
because by walking it takes months so you can you'll gradually adjust um but if you go by ftl in the physical realm or instantaneously you'll notice the sudden change that does mean that gravity in the cognitive realm does change based on what mm-hmm. planet subastral you're in. That makes and sense. It does beg the question just how large the sort of empty space between the planets is in the cognitive realm, because you'd assume that all across one planet, it would the gravity would stay constant, even in the cognitive mm-hmm. realm. And then you go to another planet and it would, as Brandon says, it apparently gradually change, uh, changes to yeah. that other planet's constant gravity. So over which and apparently it's taking it's taking you long to accumulate, uh, accommodate for that change so yeah how large is that empty space that, well, that you travel across weeks or months of travel mm-hmm, yeah yeah i wonder if it's a situation where let's let's say you were going between let, let's map the big worlds right so you have uh uh Scadrial, cell rashar naldis mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's a situation where, uh, obviously, the sub-astrals around each world are just directly mimicking what that world's gravity is. Mm -hmm. And then I wonder if it's like an expanding field. So let's say we we, we take Scadrio with its 1.0 Cosmere standard and Rashar with its 0.7 Cosmere standard. Mm -hmm. And so in an area around them, in Shadesmar, in the cognitive, it is 1 and it is 0.7. And then as you are traversing, let's say, from Scadrial to Roshar, it slowly, the, the, the gravity slowly decays until it gets to mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 0.85 in the middle between them. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's yeah. exactly what I'm thinking as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Though... Mm-hmm. It would probably be interesting because probably that uh, interplanetary space in the yeah. cognitive realm, like yeah, that would be true if you're just directly going between those subastrals. But like, what if you have to like walk by another subastral? Like, there's yeah. So like, it gets weird. It as well, so yeah. I, I think it's a collective average, right? Yeah. So if you have mm-hmm. cell, which is like the third point in the triangle then you're going to have cells. Um, do we know that it's 1.1 or is that just my headcanon? I don't think I we think know their gravity standard. But it's we 1. know 3. size, it's 1.3. Oh, okay, uh-huh. sure. But, but oh, it's was it 1.3 or 1.5? I, th- I thought it was 1.3. It's larger than 7. It, it's Whatever. big. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the biggest one, right? Um, and then you're going to have that like kind of bump the average a little higher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you are close enough to it's it's i mean it's it's like gravity in in space right except it doesn't go all the way down to nearly zero it it like there's probably a base like cosmere minimum or it might it so oh it might default to cosmere standard yeah so the gravity in shades in the cognitive realm away from planets might be what the Cosmere standard is. And so this, the same way that we, we think of microgravity or outer space as having zero gravity in our world, even though there's like a tiny bit, 
maybe that's kind of the baseline in the Cosmere. And so Scadrio just happens to match that. But other planets don't necessarily. I, I would like that because that would be a nice, easy, measurable way of doing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you calculate then, it. And then you were, and then you have Cosmere standard, not like Yolan standard, which, which yeah. is currently how we suspect that number. And came why it was it Cosmere standard? Because Aiden Alcium wanted it that way. It's like, okay, <laughs> cool. We, yeah. we, we introduced the SI units of the Cosmere. Yes. Yeah, and like, it, it would make sense that if Cosmere Standard was based off of Yulin or whatever, mm-hmm. that yes, he Adenalsium would have. Uh, depends on whether or not we think Adenalsium made the three realms. Oh, let's move on to the Which next I, one. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. So our next question comes from Voted. Uh, who asks uh, about whether if you have caffeine, you can store kind of the additional wakefulness you get from caffeine in a bronze mind, uh, which Brandon says that, uh, yeah, you probably can do that. But, and his explanation is not very clear, but my understanding of it is that um, as you are storing that additional wakefulness, you are going kind of below the baseline. So you're essentially having the caffeine crash first, and and then that's what grants you the ability to store. But what is more interesting in this, I, I this is neat, but not very interesting. Uh, what is more interesting here is um, Adam uh, commenting on all of this and Brandon using that to kind of go on and talk about how a Mistborn cyberpunk would be a very cool idea. Uh, and then you because you can have like metallurgic wetware uh which is a concept he finds very fun no promises on that Mm -hmm. uh but also if he were to write uh another trilogy in in scadriel then that would bring the total number of misborn books to 16 which would be strongly appealing for brandon (laughs) <laughs> but uh, and the way he's been talking about the cyberpunk era he he really wants to write the trilogy yeah <laughs> yeah i just might not yeah. have time that's interesting yeah. that he's saying those like you can replicate a lot of things with once they figure out how to change types of investiture and whatnot then suddenly you've got some wacky things going on so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah i bet yeah but like it, it'd be cool to see like th- this cyberpunk trilogy like being not smaller is not the right word but like similar in scope to era two where Mm. it's it's setting up like the final age of the cosmere really i i and i do think that could be good uh Mm. to like do a thing where like you're doing dragon steel and like a cyberpunky mistborn thing and then set up air for like that'd be cool but uh Mm. when are we gonna have time to do that (laughs) when are cell sequels when are when is nightblood the book yeah we'll see yeah hey i'm just excited we're getting lost metal you know mm-hmm. finally so uh the next question comes from yunseo cheng uh who wants to know that uh, looking at elements he, he uh, you've mentioned brendan has mentioned that over time the power dilutes and each ability becomes less powerful does the same effect happen in ferrukami as well how would ferrukami become less pure or diluted um other than the pharynx appearing which is more an effect of them mixing with mistings um yeah and Brent says that uh 
basically Ferrukumi will not be or is not as much uh, as affected as um, elements in this regard and you might like you might not be as efficient anymore in storing or like you don't get necessarily as much out as you're storing is what a bit of a decay there um, but apart from that uh, he says that for narrative reasons he just wanted Elementsy to be a little weaker because it makes the stories more interesting and yeah at this point on schedule it's weakened about as much as it's going to because by this point people are having children that they are more powerful because of certain mixing and he's not saying it's going up again um like to final empire levels but he's saying that they have hit an equilibrium on schedule for the most part you know, at least in the Elendil basin well so. rip uh era three if uh, there's lots of southern schedule yep. stuff but mm-hmm. it, there's an interesting part where it where he talks about like when you store ferrochemy and you tap it out it's not one-to-one yeah, yeah that. It, I thought we knew that. Didn't we know that? Like, no. Like, like, from what we knew, like, storing, like, you get out what you put in if you're tapping normal. It's where you're, like, trying to be, like, twice as strong. Mm, yeah, then there's there a decay. Is yeah, yeah. efficiency loss. Yeah, yeah. But I think we knew that there were, was at least a little bit of decay. Like a very like, slight. For, like, we, we didn't know for the allergic. Control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Must be very slight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like a very, very small effect there. Yeah. It it only probably comes into effect like if you are, you know, um super not compounding, but like if you if you are burning your entire burning is also the wrong word, god damn it. Um if, <laughs> if you are if you are expending mm-hmm. your entire metal mind all at once, like rapidly, yeah. then maybe you can you can feel a difference. But also, if you are going through that much power all at once, the human brain is just probably not going to be able to notice. Like, oh, uh, I put in ten thousand units of thing in my metal mind, and I only got ninety eight hundred of them. Yeah, the two hundred it- drop is significant, but are you going to notice it? Yeah, so it's like, oh, like I store like a hundred percent of my speed for an hour, and like you can get that a hundred percent of that speed for an hour. You do it like condense that to half an hour, you get less. Fifteen minutes, you get even less. So it's like it's the more you try to pull at once, the more is going to be lost. <laughs> and I can see like the weakening of frukami, like just exacerbate exacerbating i would agree with that for sure yeah that that would be even more not as much maybe not as noticeably but like it's it is a thing yeah so this next one miss silver asks did anyone actually try to assassinate wit in the way of kings or words of radiance and brandon says yes which is not surprising (laughs) considering he annoys a lot of people so that is Mm -hmm. not terribly surprising um i just want i want that to be the Novella between that'd be good. Some kings and words of radiance. A high prince trying to, or like so, hiring someone to try and assassinate oh, with or something. Someone hired Liss to do it. Any other list her. stuff would be good. Mm-hmm. Maybe Cha. Yeah. And That's just like game. completely failing and not understanding why. <laughs> that, would yeah. be, that, would, that would be great. That would be great. It's like all the stories about um, Rasputin 
how they tried to kill him mm-hmm. like 50 times and like he just survived and we don't know why. Yeah. Oh boy, and Ian, now, this next one. Oh, I, I think. still object to Brandon's use of Avatar. No, I, I think it makes more sense with this. I think it makes more sense. It makes okay. more sense. It's still not what an avatar is, in my opinion. Okay, okay. Let's let's get it. Alex M asks, what what's the difference between Avatar and Splinter? Um, and Brandon says, Yes, these are weird terms I'm using. A sliver is a person. Notice he said sliver, not splinter. hmm It was like, Brandon, that that word is not the word you think it is. Yeah. <laughs> but at least he he does correct assign the words accurately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what a sliver is. A sliver is a person who has held the power of a shard and then let go of it. A briefly held time holding the infinite power of a shard, but no longer does. So what does that do? That changes your soul and leaves markers on it. It's a real physiological thing. An avatar is a shard manifesting a semi-autonomous piece of themselves that is still connected to who they are. An avatar, for instance, of autonomy, depending on how autonomy creates an av- uh, avatar, might know, might not know, but they are still an aspect. They are still part of autonomy. And when you get down to it, a part of them knows that, and it's almost a god role-playing. But in a way that's only a sh- that only a shard or a lowercase g god in the Cosmere can do. A splinter is a piece of shard that is fully autonomous, where an avatar is not. So something that is splintered does not consider of itself and would not be considered by definitions an actual piece of the shard and has free will. So once it has free will or could develop free will, because some similars haven't gotten there yet, but it is fully cut off from the direct control and self-identity of the shard, then it is called a splinter. So... I love this breakdown of this. This is this is very useful. Yeah. Now we can actually write an avatar article on the wiki. Yes, so we didn't have anything other than rampant speculation. And I feel like this definition of avatar is consistent with how I described avatars at some point in some episode. I don't know. Yeah, which no, one no, no, no. This this makes a lot of sense. Them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I described it to like it's like a foot of a shard, where it's like it's off doing its own thing hmm. because we were taught talking about would a shard know if an avatar exists and the answer is always yes yeah yeah and so it's connected so it's like a identity mechanics right not yes. identity politics mm. identity mechanics <laughs> uh right uh where like they know it, it's still connected with that greater whole mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. the splinter it's a distinct chunk separated from that yeah and so like Honor's friend, they are still part of honor, but they are not literally part of honor. Honor, if, if honor was alive, honor doesn't get to use that investiture mm. anymore. Yeah. Right? Like, that is not a part of their self as a shard mm-hmm. any longer. But it's sort of like. They are part of one being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because everything is part of a shard, theoretically. Yeah. It's sort of like the humans on schedule are to contain some preservation and ruin, but mm-hmm. they are not part of preservation and ruin. And yeah. as much like they are yeah. still their own being. They are not, please not splinters. Pro- uh, probably yeah, not. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a threshold yeah. for a splinter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, 
a little weird. You probably have to be wholly mm-hmm. investiture, investiture to be a splinter. Yeah, otherwise, yeah, right. You're exactly. a person, yeah. yeah, right, right. Humanoid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also just find the wording that Ren here uses quite ironic that autonomy has semi autonomous. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. That is funny. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I'm glad he's uh, talking about autonomy. He knows that we know mm-hmm. some things, which oh, yeah. is very yeah. useful. Uh, but I, I am glad to have definitions. We knew the sliver definition. Uh, I don't think we knew the that the, it's a real physiological thing, which is kind of interesting, but like sort of, but we sort of knew it because he's yeah. described it too. as like, if you blow up a balloon yep. and then let out the air, it's like, you can tell that on the balloon. Yeah. yeah, so yeah you yeah, have yeah. to see that in a person's soul, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's nice. Uh, I, I really like this. I'm, I am glad this is answered, uh, but still, I guess, plenty of different ways to make avatars. This is, I, I am, I am very personally interested in avatars, splinters, shards, liver, like all of the S words of the Cosmere. <laughs> and A. Yep. And, and many of the A words. <laughs> um, and so I've been, I've been thinking about this one a lot because my previous theory that uh, there is an older word of Brandon for was <laughs> that avatars are kind of like smaller versions of the shard plus vessel combination. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a shard as so a shard by itself, a shard of adenalcium, is it, it this is where terminology really is insufficient. A shard as one of the 16 pieces of Adenalcium is a chunk of investiture with intent, right? Mm-hmm. A big, big chunk of investiture. And then a person can go and pick up that shard and become a vessel for the shard. And the vessel plus shard are also now known as shard, which is annoying. Yes. But, uh, but now you have this combination where the, the person's realmatic aspects so physical cognitive spiritual are either completely fused with the shards or nearly so uh and i i think there's a little bit of room for freedom there because a per a vessel can exert some small measure of control or influence over the shard especially in kind of the early days of of their ascension and so my previous theory was that an avatar is the same process happening on a much smaller scale. So where in the shard example, you have a shard of adenalcium, in the avatar scenario, you would have a splinter, a piece of a shard. And then instead of a, the vessel, the human or the person fully fusing with the shard, you would have somebody who kind of ascends to a splinter, but right. there's not enough power there to vaporize their body and send them into this cosmic awareness they're just like they merge and they merge on a much deeper level than a surge binder and their spren for example would so it's a much more thorough type of bond but that's not how this is anymore yeah and and i do think that's for that yeah it's like one method of creating an avatar maybe yes yeah yeah okay 
So, because like tr- I think I feel like Trell might be such an avatar. Yeah, Trell actually, is that a worker, and he's yeah. on Skadriel, and then we're like, "Hey, what's up?" Be. So it could, it, that could all, be, could be, it could be. Yeah. No, all of this, all of this leads to my Trell theory. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I do think the Trell was born as just a human on autonomy, no, not on autonomy, on Teldane. Yep. Um. <laughs> And, and so when we see him in the White Sand graphic novel, I think this is just a human. There's nothing special going on mm-hmm. right now. And then at some point in the future, this human, along with some other humans from uh, Taldane, migrate to classical era Scadrial. And I think they're still just humans at this point. And... Uh, these humans who are originally from Taldane uh, spread some cultural knowledge. Maybe that cultural knowledge has been like tainted through generations or whatever. And so the original Trellism has some similarities to like thematic similarities to Taldane and its system with the binary stars mm-hmm. and the long day and the long night and things like that. And at some point, either during this or after this, I think autonomy, for whatever reason, chooses Trell to be her avatar. And realmatically, what that means is I think autonomy shows up and just pumps Trell full of investiture. Still connected to autonomy. But mm-hmm. Still connected to autonomy. Yep. And so I think there is enough of the original Trell there that this new entity, this new avatar, can act mostly independently. So, like, Bavadin doesn't need to, like, manually control them like a mannequin, the same way that Ruin in Secret History was controlling, like, puppets of himself. That, yeah, that um, would be an advantage. Yeah. <laughs> but... If Bavadin decides that either A, oh, I need this investiture because I'm about to fight, I don't know, Mercy, or B, um, I need this mostly independent avatar to do something very specific for me, uh, Bavadin can go and like take control and like do exactly what she wants. Uh, and so I think for most of classical Scadrio, Trail was left alone to just like do whatever. And now that we are ramping up the Cosmere story, Bavadin has has gone back and is like, okay, I am going to make an active use of this avatar that I've had here for a long time. Some of that's plausible. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I, I somewhat I, agree. Yeah, somewhat agree. I think the using a human is sort of like, I guess like, uh, as I see it, um, in Patchy's case, it's probably that the piece of autonomous investiture just developed some form of sentience or sapience on its own, and autonomy just said, okay, I'll take this and make this my avatar now. And in the other case, because that takes a long time, autonomy was like, okay, I want an avatar for whatever reason, I'll take this human and I need a mind to control investiture, so I just infuse this human with a lot of investiture and still have control over them. Why is it a random grass? And <laughs> that That's, I don't know. I don't like this theory anymore. I don't think I ever actually liked it to begin with. But like, 
the fact avatars do not have free will according to this so it's like making a human into an avatar is really skeevy on the part of it maybe maybe the trial needed to agree though it's just like it's messed up Mm-hmm. Uh, I never, think there would be humans. Wasn't. I, I, I think there would be humans who would say yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, yes. But I just, I, it does not feel right in any way to me. Well, I mean, I don't think autonomy is <laughs> particularly like, nice. Um, I, I, I think this touches on a very critical distinction between right and correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely like, not it, morally good. But like <laughs> yeah. this idea bothers me like on a philosophical mm. level. Mm. Whereas like I, I just don't want that in the Cosmere. That is like it, screwed up. Like it would sort of explain no. why we don't or like so far we only know about autonomy's avatars. Like we don't know of any other shards avatars. And maybe that is like because other vessels or shards decide, okay, that is not not okay to do that. Bobbin's so. like, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I because I, I, I can see the argument with Bavadin that like I want things so that I can have my finger and all fingers and many <laughs> more pies as many pies as I want really and it'll still be connected to me but I my nexus of power I as Bavadin okay. don't need to personally be there I can see <laughs> that being very useful uh, how yeah. much like free will they have and how much connection that is to autonomy uh depends yeah and just like another like mortal being holding the shard like it's just like it's on a separate like that's just too close to what a vessel is like i i just like i get arjun's point like it's a nice bit of parallelism but i think it undercuts like what vessels are I, I, I can't wait for at the end of Lost Metal and we go to <laughs> just a craftsman working on a building and he, and he has glowing <laughs> red eyes and he's like, I am Trell. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is going on? Oh, it's so uh, weird. Trell, the craftsman, was saved by Kenshin and Leg, right? That's right. Yes, yes that's true. So, well, yes. Not, so maybe no, no, it's no. sort of... Not, not saved. Uh, His... Building. His workers were. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Because I, I could see it getting twisted in a sort of like weird savior story or whatever, like something like that. That is get like that's how it turns into a rich man, or like he turns into a richest figure, but or something like that. But I don't know. I mean, this I could... is so weird that there's a craftsman. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that specific name. That's the part yeah. I don't understand. How's that related? Yeah. I, I could see some of that playing to effect, right? So you are, uh, I, I think he's a foreman, not a craftsman, but like oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you are supervising your workers who are building a thing and then the, the thing collapses and then comes this, they don't see sand mastery as magic, but to right. somebody who doesn't have sand mastery, it would still feel mm-hmm. mysterious, I think. Mm-hmm. And so here comes this person whose craft you've never liked. Uh, like there's a cultural fear or dislike of sand mastery in general and so he now uses his power to save your people and also give you a days off that's also a thing that happens <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And I can see Trell develop interest, reverence towards the Sandmasters. And then as Taldane maybe learn, like figures more things out about Sandmastery, they're um, like the connection between Sandmastery and autonomy can become a thing that people are aware of. And so that can then tie Trell with autonomy. And he's like, well, why am I revering these Sandmasters when I can go to the source? And like, this is my god now. Let's leave avatars and splinters and slivers behind for a little bit. <laughs> for like two wobs. <laughs> <laughs> for like two wobs. <laughs> and um, talk about this. So it's a, it's a very, very long wob. Very that long. We are only going to cover a little bit of because a lot of the other stuff is stuff we either know about or we can um, talk about in other ones. Yeah. Uh, but the question uh, says, along the lines of biochromatic breath being akin to a person's soul, how would a shard blade react to somebody who does not have any breath? Uh, would it cut them like an inanimate object? And uh, the bit that is relevant here is Brandon saying no. Uh, remember, one of the things with breath is I consider breath to be a part of somebody's soul, but it's the extra part that the Cosmere has that the non-Cosmere does not have. Uh, I don't know how far I want to lean into this, but there is definitely a part of me that thinks the drabs, people who have given up their breath on Naltus, are just like people from our world. That's what they are. And if we went to the Cosmere, we would all be drabs. Even on planets that aren't Nalthus, where you can't take part of that and give it away and things like that, people are still invested. They are invested generally more than here. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm not sure if this contradicts a previous, like an old word of Brandon, because I feel like there was a thing a where... a lot of drab words of Brandon. <laughs> yeah. I, I think there was one where he said the drabs are below our level, like, because they are... They, they have a more, like, negative outlook on life, and they're grumpy, and, like, the world seems dull to them. Um, I, I know... I, I Well, I'm pretty sure there's one that, like, a Nalthian with a breath is slightly above more invested than other people and a yes. Nelthian drab is slightly below a normally mm -hmm. invested Cosmere human. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah, that's what he's saying here as well. So. Okay. Yeah. And he also says that you don't really need to worry about like like the regular sort of diseases. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Not going to get smallpox or the bubonic plague in the Cosmere. Because that, that investiture just gives you resistance to disease a bit. Yeah. Which, which also ties into like an old wob where he, he was explaining why Rosharans don't get sick a lot. And it's because mm -hmm. there's so much like... Mm -hmm. There's a lot investiture. of investiture. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, yeah. that helps. And yes, I think is it in this one where he also mentions that like the um, common cold outbreak right now in the pure lake is not as big of a deal as uh, it would be in like if a foreign um, yes, right. pathogen was introduced yes. here on Earth. So yeah, yeah, like it, he's mentioned, like it it's happened before, like it runs rampant mm -hmm. and then it dies off. Yeah. yeah, and he we don't need to worry about that bringing things across planet, which probably is <laughs> for the best. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we've had enough of diseases. Um, uh, yeah, again, I don't know if I want a Brandon story deeply tied to disease. Maybe in a decade, 
if in a decade. Maybe not right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Pain. It's a little too um, soon. Yeah. <laughs> no, but so this 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 point of like innate investiture making people like giving people effects, right? Um, uh -huh. is an interesting one because we see this with Risen and her Dawn Shard, right? Where uh -huh. where colors become more mm -hmm. vibrant to her. And we see this with the returned uh, and, and just like anyone with a lot of breaths, right? Yeah. Where they become immune to, nat to natural diseases. That is an excellent point. That makes yep. total sense that I did not consider until this <laughs> yeah, exact moment. I think he's kind of... Well, he he said that regarding uh, like how you have more breaths and you know you get closer to the heightening and it's kind of a sliding scale until you reach mm -hmm. that heightening and that's your ability. Yeah, so like immune to disease. Yeah, that'd be exactly yeah, that. that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you just rocked my world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that 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 did not take much. Well, like because it. It is so obvious. And it's very elegant. Yeah. It is very elegant. And I just completely wasn't even a thought in my mind. It, like, it's it, very intuitive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, I know that it's easy to like look at me on this podcast and be like, oh, this guy's here for his devilishly good looks. But I also I also have some ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's why. So we've been talking a lot about uh, diseases in the Cosmia, and uh, a question related to this is from Lotus. Um, if one was world hopping to Nathis, what type of customs uh, would they have to go through? Um, which uh, Brenton laugh at, uh, laughs at first, and then Nathis customs, there'll be some tariffs to pay depending on what's going on. It is kind of not that different, different from what you would imagine. Um, what I've read about in sort of Renaissance times, like pay your fees and things like that. But uh, then he goes on about how for the mention, reasons he's mentioned before in the previous swap, uh, diseases are not, or like quarantines are not something you have to worry about much. Um, but dangerous items, what sort of dangerous items would you be talking about, right? Um, he does, uh, does think they try to prevent people with bre uh, breath from leaving the planet, particularly lots of them. Uh, getting off, uh, he would say, is a little more tricky because they do not want the breath bleed uh, of investiture leaving their planet. But I think, or Brandon thinks, uh, you will find some notable examples of it happening, so uh, they are not impossible to touch those customs. And, I mean, we have at least two instances of presumably a lot of breath leaving the planet so mm -hmm. well three technically if you count night blood so <laughs> yeah four hoy oh shashar yeah uh, is um, when uh, yeah. was on <laughs> a lot and of whatever the hell the five scholars were doing yeah exactly yeah. well i don't know if basically. the when the five scholars left customs existed I feel like that, that could have been a time where be. that like okay. the, there was more freer travel yeah. uh, and yeah. then due to the five scholar discovery, they were worried. I'm very interested with this breath bleed of investiture. Like that's a that's new. Uh, it is, uh, you know. Well, I, I, I think you might be reading into the terminology there. They just don't want breath leaving the planet. Because it's like, if it's like, if it leaves the planet, like, 
they don't have access to it. So you're saying like, I shouldn't it, go into a long conversation about like how the breath regenerates when it go back to Nalthus. I guess it just go back to the spiritual realm. Uh, yeah. But are you saying we don't need to do a 20 minute uh, long uh, dive I, into I that? Yeah, I don't think there's anything actually interesting there. It's just they don't want breaths to leave the planet. They want them to stay in circulation on Nalthus. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, that 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 makes sense. But what if I make it a thing? What what if I make it a thing like the Lord Ruler's kids? Uh, or or you the weapon could. or the weapon killed Aiden Alcium. Oh, the weapon! <laughs> just just Spiritual one of those things that I just shrapnel. Just just went it, with Don Shards. Uh, and you know, I just keep asking questions just about it. But yeah, no, this is probably not that interesting. Mm-hmm. Neat. Cool. They're much more standard those customs than I'd I yeah. mentioned them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I imagine controlling a perpendicularity for trade, uh, especially because Brandon said actually in the Wob that where we got Nalthian customs, he was like, Nalthus is a great place to visit. They have customs and everything, <laughs> but like being able to tro- control that economy uh, and pay him in Stormlight or something, I'm like, okay, I'm into that. That's that. Is an interesting thought. What do mm-hmm. they pay? Because they can't pay them in Stormlight now, because you can't get Stormlight off the planet. Yeah. That's right. A yeah. decent yeah. development. Yeah. And like, I mean, that would be a huge revolution on Nathus, I think, if you had like, if Returned could, because Returned can mm. stay alive using Stormlight. So if they had a constant source of Stormlight, that whole dynamic would change. Yeah, but I mean, it like- depends on whether Helandrian is part of that or is aware of those customs yeah um, it, it part of hugely it. hugely depends on who controls mm. the yeah. i almost feel like Hallandren might because like it's under what like the perpendicularities like in the ground and the seeping out it made the tears of edgley am i am i Nearby. it's something, something like that something yeah. like the the pool is leaking and that's yeah. what makes the jungle possible so mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, it's it's probably just goods. It's like, oh, you want to trade goods? Like, this is how much goods are worth, and so you pay some amount. Uh, here, or like gold or something. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. There you go. It could be like you can't open how, it, uh, but there you go. How aware was uh, Rashik of their trade in the in the pits of Hathen? Like, how was it more a thing the ventures mm. ran and like he didn't really know it was that an underground I, thing i or? doubt the ventures did it for a thousand years that's i imagine true. the yeah. lord ruler would be familiar with Probably. some of them and, and i feel like if the ventures were running it ellen would know yeah. something about interplanetary <laughs> trade yeah yeah he didn't know about the atm um, well, no one knew about the ATM. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess I guess even even like the head of of House Venture wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. What? No, hmm. no. The house, the head of House Venture would. Did it know about the ATM being funneled to the home? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that part. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's for sure, super for sure. secret. That that part's super. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like the Lord Ruler probably. Would take an interest, but probably wouldn't care too much. Maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
because we've be known like he knew about other planets he just didn't care and he wouldn't know that the well could uh, and like the pits are perpendicular like he would have knowledge of that yeah right. absolutely so he, he yeah. would have to so yeah he would probably like okay like this needs some sort of regulation <laughs> but beyond that like he didn't really care probably yeah. make sure like don't want gunpowder coming on plant on world yeah 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 maybe maybe th maybe there would be final empire tariffs there mm -hmm. but i would not be surprised uh, as far as nathis is concerned if uh endowment would somehow directly be involved there like she like, oh. said okay do something there <laughs> yeah see that's why the breath bleed it's like is this is endowment I mean, meddling right <laughs> you know what i'm saying I don't know. I mean, I, I just... think endowment can be involved without that being a a, a yeah. huge thing. She also like just like wants what if it's her a thing, though? investment to stay on her planet because she isn't big into inter interference, right? Or am I? If she was yeah, uh, one in the letters who said, like, yeah. we made an oath to keep yeah. separate. So, okay, sure. That's yeah. possible. And then, yeah. like, the people running it have the vested interest in just the breath itself. <laughs> yeah. And the economic value of the breath. Yeah, okay, fine. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you don't want to just be shipping all of your gold to other planets. Like, we need some mm. of this to stay. We, we want this to stay here. We want to be rich. Mm. Neat. Well, so we've been already recording for two hours, and we are uh, 11 pages through our 26-page document. And honestly, we've been trying to get the good ones here. We, 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 <laughs> this is us trying to go fast. So I think what we're going to do, we're going to do Who's That Cosmere Character. This is coming out uh, in July. And we will split it for another episode, but I think what we'll do is the next episode will be out just a week later, and then we will go back to bi-weekly. Just so you don't just so we don't like have an entire month of just swaps. Like I I, I don't think that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. So it'll yeah. be slightly faster. So you get the the wobs <laughs> more next to each other. And then we can skip the Jordan Con week, which is also very appealing. Yeah. Uh, we'll, <laughs> so. we'll do we'll do back to back wobs. And then Jordan Con weekend, and then yeah. something else, yeah. hopefully, that we haven't recorded yet. Yeah. And then maybe Jordan Con episode, but we'll see. Yeah, that will probably be the plan. So, all right, let's go on over to Who's That Cosmere character? This character is from Roshar. Menace. Tian Tom. Mraze. Void in drag on a horse. <laughs> it's time for Who's That Cosmere Character? Call. All right. Welcome to Who's That Cosmere Character, the game show where you send in five clues and a character to WTCC at 17shard.com. And these guys have a chance to guess who's that Cosmere Character. And Ian is here. We we do eventually want an Ian versus uh, Rasar duel because Rasar has been on two episodes and she's three out of four on her Who's That Cosmic character. So she's solid. Could, could be beginning. My win percentage is not that great. Yeah. It's just sheer numbers because I'm on <laughs> almost every episode. Almost every. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. But indeed. It's, 
also unfair because Rasa was the only government editor on that last, <laughs> that last yeah, episode that's true. One, so that's true that's true and uh yeah i think the last episode was the first episode i wasn't on i think straight up no there was that was one of those no there was uh the sill interlude one last summer mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 so okay that's that's not unheard this first one is sent in by Rhythm Wraith, which is an excellent handle, I think. Um, and so, clue number one. This character commits a crime on screen. Dalinar. <laughs> it is not Dalinar. <laughs> which Shalom. one? Which crime? <laughs> so many. Is it a lefty crime? Or is it like a, just like a moral crime? <laughs> I'm going to guess Shalom. It's not like a lot. The, the fake Solcaster. Oh yeah, and you know all those oh, murders. I, yeah, I, I <laughs> thought you were going for the murders, but this is one oh. of the three. <laughs> murder, sure, murder is generally <laughs> bad. He does have flashbacks, so, so. We just need to phone nails. Like, so okay, what yeah. defines a crime? <laughs> what is a crime? The law. But which law? I'm gonna guess Wayne because he steals a lot of things. He bar. I think he trades. He trades. Uh, really? It's not Wayne though. <laughs> Legally, stuff behind. Yeah. Doesn't he break into the university? Though? Yeah, so, that, uh, that's not. He does a lot of messed up stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. If only Marasi <laughs> was still, uh, you know, you know, a lawyer. Get Wayne. I mean, she's a constable. She can could arrest him if she wanted to. Yeah, that's true. That's true. She'd have plenty of evidence. Uh, clue mm-hmm. two. This character is from a mountainous area. <laughs> Rushik. This is not Rushik. I like that, though. Is it Sazed? It's not Sazed. These are great guesses. I like this. I like this. <laughs> going to complete a Tindwill? Not Tindwill. She probably... It's a... Let's get all the thirst people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, clue three. This character is a guard. Uh, oof. This is debatable on whether or not she'd be considered a guard, but I do have an argument. Uh, is it Liss? It's not Liss. Okay. What's his this name? This is Chana. That Chana was. Um, did you commit a? Crimus. Well, like, Yasna hired her to watch uh, Acedon. So what is like, a guard? Hey. Yeah, to guard her oh. family against Acedon. Oh, I thought you were going with how Liz, Chana, and Chana is known as the guard. Oh. Yeah, that's the joke I was no. making. That's the yeah, joke yeah, I was yeah, making, yeah. Yeah, yeah. not the we, joke we, I was We don't know that Liz is Chana at all. That's just <laughs> a popular theory. I did read a theory about how Shalon's mom might be Chana, though. A guard. I'm. I'm going to guess. I'm going to have to go with the description. I know That's the nom- name starts with a P. It's the guy that uh, Vivenna takes with her to Titilia. The the uh, not Pavlin. Palin no. or something like yeah, that. Parlin. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not Parlin. Parlin. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. 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 Nice. I wasn't even sure if he ever committed a crime, but yeah, he, came, know, he, he seemed. Idris, so. He seemed kind of. Uh, Straight yeah, shooting, weak. let's say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, if there's ever a movie of that, make Parlin an interesting character because uh, he was not. <laughs> well, he wore yeah. a silly hat though. 
Mm-hmm. I'm that gonna, is a crime. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in Hollandron. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a wild guess. Okay. And and go for the sibling. It's not the sibling from a mountainous area. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. There you go. Kalufar. This character is uncomfortable with a particular use of investiture. Is it? I want to say his name is Captain Zoo, or it starts with a Z. It's in LA, um, Emperor's it Soul. It is Zoo. Okay. It is Zoo. You're you're correct. It is Zoo. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you, Evgeny. Yes, it is Zoo. And uh, Clue Five was this character is from Cell. Nice. I gotta reread Emperor's Soul. It's been a while. It's a good, mm-hmm. one. It's a good one. Short too, which is nice. Yep. Uh, all right. The next one is sent in by Drail. Oh man, the characters listed first. That's so dangerous, city on these emails. <laughs> <laughs> this is like who? Then the character is. Uh, nope. 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 All right. Clue one. This character is dark skinned. Kenton. Bayon. Wait, who did you say, Evgeny? I said Kenton. <laughs> it's not Kenton. Is he dark skinned? I, he's, he's, he looks he's very half. white in the. Okay, so I. Yeah. Yes, but also he's half dark sider, so. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Bayon. It's not Bayon. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> maybe the graphic novels make Kenton look very white. <laughs> um, not exactly biracial. Uh, John Akron. <laughs> what? He's one from the other, the Dark Siders, one of the professors or whatever. John Akron. They, oh, oh, sorry. I just. I, it, the, the, a, the accent yeah. got me this time. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it's not John Akron. Yeah. Yeah. Clue two. This character is infatuated with the woman he works with. Cinder. No, it's not how many dark siders can you all guess? <laughs> if only Grace was here, she'd be like, Tell Dane, let's go. She was gonna be on this episode, I, but Discord was freaking out on her. I'm so bad with names. It's okay. Dark skinned, infatuated with a female coworker. Yeah. Is it works it's, with or works for? Works with is the clue as written. Okay. And I won't go. I'm still gonna go with him, the guy who we have the interlude from who witnesses Ash destroying stuff. Baxel? Baxel, right. Oh, so it is Baxel. Nice. Yes. It is Baxel. Uh yeah, I, I thought that clue two was there. Uh I was probably gonna switch clue three and four because clue three was this character has come in contact with one of the heralds, which kind of yeah, okay. makes yeah. it very that's, helpful. So I, yeah. I was gonna put clue four first with this character is very attached to his limbs. Um, <laughs> and clue five was this character is an Amuli thief. That's a that's a good final clue. It's a good final yeah. clue. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But the infatuated like that, that's a clue that's like, what? But also like if you think about it, totally makes sense. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, we will see you all next week for the rest of these wobs. Um, and so you can find us in the meantime on 17char.com for all your news, discussion, theories, and fun that you could ever want. You can join us in Discord, links below. Uh, you can find Words of Brandon on Arcanum. That, that link's always below. You can always find it. 
Uh, and, you know, you can like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, SoundCloud. You subscribe on YouTube. Hit the like button. I think I said something to comment, but, you know, if you comment, the algorithm will recommend videos more. So that's your job. Um, and hit that bell, I guess. But uh, I don't know. People don't say that anymore, you know, on the YouTubers, right? Smash that bell. The sub box has been like... good now. I haven't had any issues for a long time of like mm-hmm. a person I'm subscribed to and it didn't appear in my sub box. I think we've moved away from the, you know, uh, hit the like button, bell button, whatever. And we've moved more towards a thing where YouTubers just display like an animation. A little thing. Of... Yeah, I don't have that, though. So we're, we're going to say it. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're old school. We're stretching this episode <laughs> out. It's two parts. Stretch it. Stretch it out. Yeah, and, you know, you can leave us a review on iTunes. You can support us on Patreon. Our new tiers are out at the time this this is out. So you can go check that out if you want. Uh, Yeah, cool. Well, we'll see you next week. Uh, And then, yeah, then we'll be back on our regular schedule after that. Cool. See you all next time. Bye. Bye, yo. Bye. Ta.